Hello, Mama. Welcome back. I hope you're having a beautiful, glorious day. Got to spend time with God and that you just felt his voice and his presence. And yeah, I just hope you're having a good one. Um, so today we are doing our final episode, probably. <laughs> you never know with me. Things change. And not final episode ever because this is a topic that will ever, forever be relevant. But our final episode in the series on mom guilt to wrap up kind of this season we've been in of bouncing back and forth from biblical parenting to mom guilt. And so we're going to wrap it up today with um, another one that got sent in about one kid being more challenging than the others. And so I'm excited to dive into that today. Before we jump in, though, there was such an encouraging review that was left. I just had to share it with you. I can't even tell you how much it impacted me because this has just been the mission that I felt God has put me on for a while. And so I hope that you guys have had this experience as well. But I just wanted to read it to you just to uh, encourage you and encourage me and uh, just to remind you to how much when you take a minute to leave of you, how much that helps. So this is from someone named that named themselves a customer who cares. And it says so applicable for the season. It got cut off. I think the season I'm in. Um, so this is what it says. It says, I started out on episode 85 after searching for biblical parenting in some podcasts. Let me tell you, this is some of the best information and insight regarding parenting and fully rooted in the Bible. I've been wrestling a lot with the modern parenting approach for about the last year, reading all the books and listening to many different podcasts on parenting. I started letting my two-year-old express himself without correction so that he would feel like he had a voice, quote unquote, and naming emotions, feelings, and often not giving a consequence for sinful behavior sinful behavior because he's only two and a half years old. Girl, you know that I feel all of this. This is very much similar to my story, but she goes on. But I had started to stray too far into the friend zone with my son instead of being a godly authority figure for him. Of course, I also want to be my son's friend, but it's not the primary goal of parenting. And I had lost sight of that. I started perceiving the word obey as a negative and oppressive word. So glad that you talked about that, Brittany. Despite that God commands us to obey in his word. Yep, I feel you on all of this. And part of the reason I wanted to read this to all of you is because of the way she describes this. It's so, I love how she phrased it. I think this is exactly what so many people are struggling with when they've pushed into modern parenting is, I love how she said it, moving into the friend zone with her son. Instead of being this authority figure that we're called to be, and it makes sense because right now in culture, authority of any form is viewed negatively. And so it totally makes sense. So I love how God has spoken to her and, and how she she worded this. Um, and even just how she said that she would was trying to give him a voice uh, so that he he could feel like he had a voice. And so, but she did it without correction. And so, yes, we want to help our kids name our, their emotions. We want to help them identify their, what's going on underneath it all so that they know what's triggering this behavior, but we can't stop there. And if you've been listening to this series on biblical parenting, you can hear way more about this. You got to start back. I think, I guess she tells us episode 85. Thank you friend for that. Now I know where to send people. I never know what episode to send them to. I got to get better at that. But 
so you can start there and hear the whole series. It's kind of um, every other one. We're doing mom guilt and then biblical parenting. And so you can go back and read that. And so let me just read the rest of her review. She said, while listening to your podcast, I feel like God has really spoken through you and opened my eyes. Now I feel so much more equipped and excited to be a mama. Where before I was just so confused. I'm reminded that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, which is found in 1 Corinthians 14.33. Thank you, thank you, thank you. P.S. I've started to go back and work my way through your other episodes too. I love this. Is it like very much my story, which I love because I think that that's why God called me here is because there are other mamas that have my same story probably like you in some ways that have been searching for the answers and trying to figure it out and feeling so much confusion. That's exactly what, what it was like for me. And so I love that God is speaking to you and I just feel honored to get to, to share my story and to share what I've learned so that he can help you on your journey as well. So whatever your name is, customer who cares, thank you so much, so much for taking the time to read this or to, to leave this review. It's uh, just incredible encouraging and you have a lot of wisdom there. So for any of you that have been encouraged or challenged in a good way by this podcast, please just take a moment, pause this episode, go leave a starred and written review on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me. It encourages me so much. I might read your review on here um, and it helps this podcast get more visible so more mamas can find it. And if you haven't been through the series on biblical discipline, make sure you go back, start in episode 85, work your way through, and I hope it challenges and encourages you. And I love that you're on this journey. So anyways, that's enough of an intro. I'm excited to jump into our topic today. Let's go. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, Mama. So we are jumping into our last episode on mom guilt. This is again taken from someone's answer that's in the Facebook group. And every time everyone, someone joins the Facebook group, they leave a reply about what their biggest struggle is in motherhood right now. And so I noticed a trend a while back that there was tons involving mom guilt. And so I just wanted to speak specifically to a few of those because they're just so relevant, I know, to so many of us. And so today is the last episode on that. And what this person said, she says, what did I do wrong? What to do when one of your kids is more challenging than the others? And I love this because I think that question of what did I do wrong is something that we can all easily find a spot we can find ourselves in. That at the end of the day, we can feel like, oh my gosh, this was a horrible day. Where did I go wrong? Or even maybe it's just not just a day, but maybe it's a season. Maybe it's like this person, a a whole child, like looking at their life and feeling like, I don't know where it's going wrong. I don't know what is happening. And now I don't know the specifics of what's happening with her child, but I just want to speak to this overall for a a child that's more challenging than the others. And first of all, I just want to say for everyone that has multiple kids, 
that is completely normal. It is completely normal to have one child that challenges you more than the others, that that is having more difficulty with their grades or having more difficulty with their behavior or having more difficulty, you know, learning about God or accepting God. Whatever it is, whatever challenges you're seeing, it is completely normal that Every kid is different and they're each in a different place with this and that maybe one stands out as being, you know, maybe the black sheep, <laughs> but the one that's that's not quite there and the rest seem like they have it all together. They're doing great. And you just ask yourself, what did I do wrong with this one kid? And so I just want to say this is so normal. I can't even tell you, you know, my kids are really little, so it's hard to tell at this point who's, you know, going to be more challenging overall. And I have some ideas, but you know, it just so depends on their age and their stage. And so but I have many friends, many of whom are pastors and, you know, in church leadership, and they can tell you stories about their challenging child and they have multiple children and that there's this one, you know, one child in their family that is more difficult to try and figure out that they struggle in school or they struggle with their behavior or both, or they struggle with their relationship with them or all of the above. And that is a difficult thing for them. And so, I want to start by saying it's completely normal. So release some of that guilt, release it being about you. Now we're going to go into some specific questions, some some problems, problem solving like I always like to do because while we don't want to just look at it and be like, oh, it's normal. Okay, we're good. You know, I don't I, like we don't we do we don't want to just sit there and feel, oh my gosh, this is all about me and I'm a horrible mother to this person. I totally messed up. We don't want that. But we also don't want to just ignore it and say, oh, well, it's fine then. If this is normal, I can just ignore it and I can leave it there. We want to do something in the middle where we let go of the guilt that's not serving us, it's not leading us to anywhere good. We let go of the shame that's only making things worse. And we say, okay hey, this is normal, but hey, let's just assess the situation. Let's just make sure there's nothing more I could be doing or there's not something where I got, you know, I'm, I'm not showing up for my kid in the best way. And, you know, if there is something, it probably does have to do with their personality or their gift mix, you know, and that and how it's interacting with yours. And so there's, there's going to be a reason there, but it doesn't mean that there's not an area for improvement. So I want to just start by saying, throw out the guilt, throw out the shame, okay? We're just going to have a conversation about, first of all, some of the reasons that might be happening. And then two, what to, how to do, what to do about that, how to problem solve it, how to problem shoot it so that you can try and figure out if there's any steps you do need to take. And maybe there's not, and maybe there are. And either way, that is okay. So let's go first into some of the reasons that this might happen. So we kind of referenced it earlier, but every kid is completely different. They all have their own gift mix, which mean that means specific things that they are specifically very good at, which sometimes can be things like lying, manipulation, which can, even though that is sin, but there can be a gift underneath it that's being used in the wrong way. And so <laughs> there are certain kids, maybe they're really good problem solvers and they're meant to go and be leaders that solve crazy big problems, but they're using their problem solving skills in the wrong way, in a sinful way that then gets them into trouble, right? So, so every kid is going to have their strengths, but then they're also going 
going to have their weaknesses. And often weaknesses are uh, often in the same category as strengths. It's it's funny how uh, it, it often is kind of very similar to your strength. Your greatest strength is also your greatest weakness. And so we can look at each kid and we have to remember that they're all going to be different. And there's not one that's better than another. It's okay to like one better than another. That's natural. Don't feel guilty about that. But you do have to watch it because, you know, not only are they going to have, you know, things that stand out as their their strengths and their weaknesses, and maybe their weaknesses are more blaring at the moment, but just even their, in their personality. Like you have your own personality and they have their own personality. And so if their personality is the type that rubs wrong against your personality type, that's going to be more challenging and you're probably not going to like them as much as your other children if the other children don't have that personality. And so that's normal. It's not because you don't love them or even that you love them less. It just means that your personalities kind of clash. Just like if you're at work and there's someone else's personality that clashes against yours, it's going to be more difficult to engage with them. It's going to be more difficult to like them. But it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It doesn't mean that maybe they're not valuable in your life. It's just more challenging. And so you have to recognize that, like, is this coming from my child's personality? And how might that be interacting with my own personality or even my own strengths and weaknesses interacting with theirs? And it's triggering my insecurity and all this. And all of this could easily, by the way, be mapped out. If you go and you do your restoration theory that we talk about all the time, you can go episodes 15 through 20. I unpack it all. We're going to be jumping into another um, academy soon, the Morning Mama Academy, where I help you map out your whole pain and your peace cycle. And you can then, you know, try and take a stab at what your child's pain and peace cycle might be. And here's the thing is our pain cycle triggers their pain cycle and then their pain cycle triggers our pain cycle and it creates this whole vicious cycle we're all stuck in our pain. And so that maybe there's certain aspects of your child's personality that really trigger your pain cycle. And so that's why you're always feeling triggered, always having a difficult time connecting with them. So that's the first thing I want you to keep in mind. Is this asking yourself, is this about their personalities? Is it about their strengths and weaknesses? What is it about my child that makes me feel like things have gone wrong? And you know, anytime too, we're talking about kids, I always love to go to uh, God's example as he's our heavenly father. And when he looks down on us, you know, think about it. All of us have very different stories of our relationship with him, of how we came to him, of what happened before that, what's happened after that, of how consistent we are with him, of how close we are with him, of what gets in the way of that, right? Every one of us is so unique in our stories, but God doesn't look at us and say, oh, where did I go wrong, right? He knows he's been a good father to us. He knows he's seeking us out and and trying to give us gifts that we need or consequences that we need. And it's up to us to respond to that. And it's up to us to figure out the rest and figure out how to follow him. And so you need to remember that as your kid has free will choices, just like you did. 
And so your kid is making these choices about how to interact with life, how to interact with people, what kind of choices to make, if he's going to follow God, if she's going to go the other way, you know, whatever that looks like. And so they have their free will choices and it's not always about you or your parenting. It could just be that that is what they've chosen. Now, again, we're going to go into some more questions just to reflect and make sure there's nothing we could be doing better. But ultimately, like that's how God views us, right? We're, We're all his kids. And yet some of us never come to him, never make these healthy choices, never live these lives that we're made to. But he doesn't look and say, oh, what did I do wrong? He, his heart is broken from that, but he knows he's been a good father the whole time. And so you don't have to look at a child that's challenging or wayward and think, oh my gosh, I'm a, I'm a horrible parent. What, how did I do this? No, they, they also have their free will choices. So it could just be based in that. And another thing I want you to think about is that every kid, just like they have different strengths and weaknesses and personalities, they all need different things because of those personalities and strengths and weaknesses. And so what they need, you know, even looking in terms of like love language, for example, you know, they might have different kinds of love languages and they might be opposite to what you're used to giving or what you easily give. And so to give them what they need is extra challenging for you because it's not something that you naturally do. And maybe it feels more forced and takes a lot more effort and energy. And maybe your other kids aren't this way. And so your kid needs different things and and maybe part of what you're feeling is just that it's not as naturally in line with how you parent or how you show up for your kids. So these are all some things to keep in mind to assess what might be going on, what you might be feeling, why this child feels different or looks different than the rest of them. So a couple questions now as you know we've looked through some things that might be causing this. And so now I want to look at us. I want you to point your eyes back at yourself and look and see is there anything that you could be doing differently. Now I'm sure you've already done this, but it probably was more in a place of pain and shame and guilt and just this darkness and this overwhelming, uh, what did I do wrong? What did I go wrong? And taking into account every little mistake you've ever done. And that's not what we're doing here. We all make mistakes in motherhood with every child, every day. We're going to mess up. We are sinful humans trying to figure this all out. And so we don't need to look at every little mistake and and add them up and tally it up. And that's what equals our child. No, we're going to look at the bigger picture. And we don't need to do this from a place of guilt or shame, especially because what happened yesterday, we can't change that. So let's just look at, let's just assess it with just kind of a neutral lens, just looking at it like it's not good or it's bad. It just is what it is. And we can learn from it because if we don't do that, we get overwhelmed by it and it bogs us down and it just drives us deeper into a dark hole. And we can never actually use that information because it drives us to depression or, or drives us to anger or right. It triggers our pain cycle. And so if we can't look at it with this neutral eye, we're not going to be able to use that information to help us move forward. So I want you to do your best. And if you do have your pain and peace cycle, make sure you have them out and ready so you can use your four steps as you get triggered throughout this. But I want you to ask yourself two main questions. This is kind of what we talked about a lot in our discipline series. But the first question is, are you loving deeply and consistently? So I want you to look at your relationship with this child that is uh, more difficult for what in whatever way and ask yourself, are you loving 
deeply and consistently. What does that look like? Are you able to consistently do that in their life and have you throughout their life? And kind of sit and ponder that a little bit. And what does that look like? And then the second question is, are you disciplining deeply and consistently? So as we've talked about in the biblical parenting series, our discipline is the other side. We need to both be loving hard and disciplining hard. Not, well, maybe that's not the right term. Disciplining firmly and consistently. And so we need to have both in place. And so sometimes, for whatever reason, certain kids, we might back off from disciplining them. Um, or maybe that kid needs that firm discipline. The others maybe just have personalities that don't tend towards the destructive behavior as much. And so, you know, they were, they kind of were okay without that firm discipline, but maybe that's something that needs to be implemented in your parenting and need to be honest with yourself about where you're at in these questions and what this has looked like. And maybe this hasn't been their whole life. Maybe you've gotten off in a season Maybe you've been in a, in a place of trying to heal and trying to, you've been triggered a lot. You know, maybe this is just a, 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 a past year or the past few years. Maybe it's once they hit a certain age or a certain stage. Look at this throughout the years. What has this looked like? Have you loved well and disciplined well? And keep in mind too, just because this is showing up in one of your kids more than the others, it doesn't mean that the others aren't hurting as well. So maybe if you have lacked that piece of discipline throughout your parenting, or maybe it's lacking the love portion and the teaching portion, whatever it looks like, maybe it's, that's been lacking for all of them, but this child is just showing it in a different way. You know, when I was growing up, I was the difficult child. I was the one that was rebellious and difficult. And especially in the teenage years, I think it kind of has shifted over seasons. But especially in those teenage years, I was the really difficult one. But I learned later that my brother actually wasn't perfect either. He just was better at hiding it all. And so keep that in mind as every kid is going to respond to whatever pain they're going through differently. And so don't think that just because one stands out with this behavior that the others might not be lacking the same thing in the parenting. Because while I was the more difficult one in our teenage years, I don't necessarily think that my parents treated me and my brother any differently. Uh, You know, I can look at small moments and think that, but that's going to always be true. And I think overall we were treated about the same. So... You know, I, we just responded differently to what was going on and, and I, you know, chose different things or he hit it better, whatever it looked like. We have different ways of coping with things. So it might not be that you're treating one child differently. It might just be their own personalities and how they're responding in their own coping ways to how, to what's happening around them. And so if your child is struggling and, and really for all the kids, because remember, it can be a silent struggling as well, but don't be afraid to check in with them. And maybe you've tried a million times. So if that's you, maybe this isn't, you know, the route to take, but make sure for all of you that are, are struggling, don't be afraid to ask your kid, Hey, I just want to check in. Is, is there anything going on? Is, 
there anything I'm, I'm doing wrong? Or is there something else going on at school? Or, you know, what, whatever that is, maybe. And what you want to do is have this conversation on a walk or in the car. Um, some time where you're not staring eye to eye at each other. You want to be in a kind of chill place, make sure no one's already triggered. Um, and if you're not looking at each other, you're doing something else. Maybe you're playing cards together. Those are the best times to start these kind of conversations. Because sitting side by side or when they're kind of distracted, teenagers are much more likely to open up and talk to you. And so don't be afraid to ask and ask multiple times, not in like an annoying way, but you know, just don't, don't give up is what I'm saying. If they say, oh, I'm fine, right? Like, don't just take that as your answer. And again, don't be afraid to check in with all your kids on this, because again, some of them might be silently struggling and there might be something going on with even the ones that you don't even notice are acting out. And when you have these conversations, you know, if you do get them to open up, it's such a great opportunity to get to understand what's going on and just make sure that as you're doing it, don't let it trigger you. And (laughs) easier said than done, um, because I know hearing some of their pain points might be a struggle, but you've got to remember, like, at some point we all mess up. And when, when we mess up as parents, it does create these wounds in our kids and and every kid has them, right? No parent is uh, not going to leave wounds on their kids, uh, emotional wounds. Like that's inevitable. And so when we mess up, it creates these, these emotional wounds for our kids, these pain points. And that's going to be there. And so when, when, but when they actually bring them to the surface and they speak them out, we don't need to get triggered by it. We don't need to say, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible parent. And then that leads you to getting angry at your child or, you know, walking out of the room and withdrawing because you're triggered. You can't get triggered. Just remember, every kid's going to have these. And so now is your opportunity to speak truth into them because whatever they're feeling is a lie that got formed. And since they're revealing it to you, you now have this amazing opportunity to speak truth to it. So don't let that opportunity pass you because you're triggered. And often these are things that we don't even mean to do or even realize are happening. Like, for example, you probably heard me share uh, when I was growing up, one of my, you know, one of my core wounds that got formed was this lie that I'm alone. And, you know, as I've been reflecting on the memories that might have created that, one of those memories is I remember, you know, how we were still elementary age. And I remember my brother just, I feel like he always got to sit in my mom's lap, that he always got that physical affection. I feel like she would never give that to me. But uh, that I, I've shared that with my mom in recent years. And she was like, what? I don't remember that at all. So this is just something that I construed in my, I don't know how old I was, eight-year-old mind or whatever, that may or may not have been true at all. And it definitely wasn't true that she loved him more than me. Like she loved us both. And so whatever I construed, uh, it wasn't necessarily based in reality. And so you don't have to see it as this threat when they share that to you. It's just, you know, if, if I were to have ever shared that, that would have been an amazing opportunity for my mom to say, oh my goodness, just like she did when I was an adult. What? That's, that's not at all the case. Like, oh, I'm, I'm right here with you. You're not alone. Like, I love you. I would have never, uh, intentionally done that to you. And so Make sure you use that opportunity and don't don't let it pass you up. And a couple other things that might affect you know what's going on too, and that the this one child is showing up differently is first of all sibling order can affect things like that's going to bring up different personalities, different ways of handling situations, and that might trigger you more than others. And then another huge one, if you haven't considered it, is ADHD. That's a huge thing right now. 
And this can majorly affect how a kid shows up for life and, you know, for school and relationships and everything. And it impacts everything. And so maybe your kid's brain is just a little different than the others. And so that's something really important to take into account if that's what's going on. And now I don't have a ton of expertise in that area. That's never been my area where I've, I've really dove into, but there are a ton of people out there that have. And so look up some resources, help yourself understand why your child acts that way and, and get some tools to better be able to handle situations with them. So after you ask yourself those questions, have I been fully loving them? Have I been fully disciplining them? I want you to answer this last question and I want you to reflect on it again without any shame is have I shown up fully for them? Do I press in and not give up even when it's challenging? And so maybe, maybe part of what's happening is it's been in response to a season where they were challenging. Maybe it was an age or a stage or, you know, something that came up and you kind of gave up. You kind of got frustrated and stopped pressing in. And so I want you to just reflect on if there's any point in in time with them that you kind of have just given up a little bit because it was challenging. And again, it's okay if that has happened. Now is the time to sit and reflect on that and figure out that that's there so you can do something about it. And if you don't ask yourself that question, you're never going to know to change it. And so give yourself some grace. It's natural to press away from challenges, right? It's natural to kind of want to avoid it. Like that's a normal coping response, not necessarily a healthy one, but most of our coping responses aren't. And so just recognize that and then say, whoa, okay, you know, what? I, I have kind of taken a back seat in their lives because I didn't know what to do anymore. I didn't know how to handle this behavior. I didn't know how to handle this trouble at school. I didn't know how to handle whatever it was. And so I realize now that I have backed away. And so just recognize that. Now, I want to remind you again that it's okay to struggle more with connection with one child than another. The child is challenging. It's normal to struggle with connecting with them. And here's the thing, that's normal, but you do have to fight it and you don't let that determine the outcome of your relationship. Just remember, love isn't a feeling, it's a decision. And so you just have to decide every day, you have to feel it, you have to decide every day, I'm going to love them. I'm going to press into conversation. I'm going to press into relationship and I'm going to choose that. I'm going to choose to love them. You don't have to feel the ooey gooeys, like whatever that is. You just have to decide you're not going to give up and that's how you love them. And so don't, don't even let that feeling of, gosh, it's harder to connect with them. And so then you feel like this, this secondary shame that, oh, it's hard to connect with them. So there must be something wrong with me. And so therefore I'm not going to try because it just reveals my inadequacies, right? It can get so complicated and deep. Just no, it's okay if it's more challenging to connect with one of your kids than the other. Just press in and don't give up. Okay. And the last thing I want you to do is if you have a kid where you're really struggling, you don't know what to do is you need to get some outside perspective. First of all, ask your husband. And if you, you know, if you haven't already, maybe you guys have had many conversations about this, but if you haven't ask them, Hey, I don't know about you, but I'm really challenged by this relationship with so-and-so. What do you see me do when you see me interact? Is there anything that I'm doing that you see it might be pushing him or her away? 
you know, ask them because maybe they, maybe you guys have talked about it, but maybe you haven't talked about the specifics of what he sees when you're interacting with him. I think, you know, it can be so easy to criticize our partners because we're on the outside uh, during some times of parenting and we're just watching them parent and we can see, oh, I would have done that differently. Oh, I would have done that differently. Oh, I see this pattern. And while that's not always helpful, sometimes it can be if, if used in the right way because sometimes we need that outside perspective. We don't realize that we always have a tone or we don't realize that we're always withdrawn. Or we don't realize that we jump to irritability or anger so fast. And so let your husband speak into that and don't get offended by what he says. Just take it as this evidence or, or this uh, information that you can use to move forward. And if it's hard to swallow, just say thank you and walk away and go journal it out with God before you have a, a reaction that you don't want to have. And a couple more people you can get some outside perspective with is, does your child have a youth leader or a Sunday school worker that knows them or any kind of relationships like that? And maybe you could ask them if they're also challenged or if if they've gotten any insight into what your child might be feeling, or even if they've heard anything about your relationship with, with, you know, you and that child, because maybe they've shared insight that you don't even realize you're doing, right? And so just get some outside perspective. And also family therapists are great for this. Go and see a family therapist, get a therapist that's going to see all of you together. And then sometimes they'll split you apart, but let that be a family thing and not just sending your kid off to therapy, but have it be a family therapy. There's a lot more impact that happens when the whole family, because a family is a system, when the whole family can go and see a therapist. And so don't just, uh, you know, pass it off to a therapist and say, fix my kid. Um, And some therapists might say, sure, (laughs) and not really involve the family. But I, uh, that is so sad to me because there is so much better, deeper work that can be done when the whole family is there. And there, there is a place for, you know, depending on their child's age, for them to see a therapist on their own, as long as they're always involving you and that there are some family sessions and that it's, you know, not just them going alone especially if they're younger. If they're younger, you pretty much want to be there most of the time. If they're a teenager, you know, can be like 50-50. Anyways, get some outside perspective. Don't be afraid to see a therapist. Does it mean something's broken or wrong? All of us can grow from that. Okay, I hope this encouraged you and helped you feel equipped. Just remember it's normal and this is just part of the some of the struggles of motherhood. You're not doing anything wrong or maybe there's something you can grow in, which all of us always have things we can grow in. So just get ready to grow. And growth isn't always easy or fun, but it's always worth it. So let me pray for you. God, I just thank you for letting us be mothers. God, for giving us this gift and trusting us, God, and that you have trusted us with our kids, God. That is so huge. I just pray that every mother listening, God, would feel that anointing on their life, would know you've chosen them for this task, God, and so you've equipped them, Lord. And so I just pray you would speak to each mama that's struggling with a child, Lord, that you would just help them have wisdom with what to do, wisdom with how to have these kind of conversations with their kids, wisdom to bring any kind of outside help in, God, and that you would just um, bring peace to their hearts as they struggle, God, that you would remove any kind of shame or unhealthy guilt in the name of Jesus, God, and that you would just allow them to see with clear, peaceful eyes anything that you want them to grow in, God, because there's always something you're going to have us grow in. So God, help them to see that without taking on any shame, Lord. And um, God, I just pray for encouragement for each mama to just know that she's an amazing mama. God, just whisper that into her ear, Lord, in your own unique 
way. And we just thank you um, for motherhood. God, we thank you that you are uh, the parent we can look up to, God, and emulate, and that you are such a good parent to us, Lord. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, Mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Thank you.